is the Sounding Board Podcast with Hachi and Damo. Thanks to Drinkwise. If you're choosing to have a drink, choose to Drinkwise. Good to have your company on the Sounding Board for Drinkwise. If you're choosing to drink, choose to drink wise. Series 8, Episode 11, Tuesday morning, nice and early. Craig Hutchison, Damien Barrett with you in the South Bank Studios. Hello to you, Craig. We are, Damo. Nice to be here at the South Bank Studios. Of course, here in Melbourne, we are here, here. on location this morning in the South Bank Studios. Yeah. You and I have attended this morning. We are here in the room together. In person. In person. At the event. At the event, the Sounding Board <laughs> event this morning. I say that we always will start there. Good morning to you, by the way, for Drinkwise. If you're choosing to drink, choose to Drinkwise. You've started this. <laughs> I get tangled up in your in your wars. I've got through series eight, episode eleven, without any major stouches on the sounding board. You we'll got, get you, to one of yours in a moment. You get with, me to with one, Dylan Howard being in the news this week. But you, where do you want to start? You get me to one a week. <laughs> You've been pushing this uh, hell no, make them go t-shirts um, of the. Merchandise range you've now got out on convincing commentators and networks to send their people to the venue. You've been on a crusade about this. You started about two years ago. You've been building and building, and now you've got momentum. It's not a crusade, Hutch. It's you've just got... as a consumer, as a viewer, I like my commentators being in venue. That's you, all. You've it's got, a pretty simple premise. You've got unbelievable momentum. Your argument has just been a slow build. You know how sometimes the media just catch on a bit of it? In fairness, because news aren't going and they're the main news coverer. There's conflict. It hasn't got the best coverage at that end. Would they the love to pick picture. it up too? Because it has got the public on side this If one. it was seven, sorry, if it was Channel 9 in the NRL, oh, oh be, yeah. be on. <laughs> Anyway, so you've been building. Finally, you're cutting through with your argument. And now there's a lot of defensiveness. Channel 7, as you know, rightfully rang me a couple of weeks ago and corrected things. Said, no, we are at every game. Channel 7 rang you. I did, yep. Got the follow-up. And I... And fair enough too, because I hadn't. I'd walked past correcting it on classified that they weren't at. They are at venues. In fact, they're at every venue. And so now you've caused this. Now you're persona non grata at Fox. You had a you had a Fox footy like Warren Treadray's to Port Adelaide right now. Massive I, fallout. I couldn't be that bad. Massive I, fallout. No, I'm not, no, it's not good. But Massive I could, I couldn't fallout. be that because you've called low. out. You've called out the network not being there, which I think is unfair. They're they're doing a great job. And you know what it's like when you walk into those MCG boxes and Marvel boxes and, and you never know who you've had a most recent blue with and then you, you, you see something, ah, oh, yeah, I did have a yep. blue. The TV yeah. box, oh, you run past. Yeah, run past there now. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't, but I know that, that they, they're, there's daggers. There's they're, daggers coming. They're, they're in Melbourne, aren't they? Well, well maybe, sometimes. The, maybe the producers, yeah. Anyway. Because often they do <laughs> Melbourne games from it. Sorry, they've, they've been known to do a Melbourne so, game from the studio. This is the thing I laugh at. I love all the behind-the-scenes stuff on this. You've now caused a rift between the two broadcasters. <laughs> because seven have been forced to defend their position in broadcast that they are there. And they sent out their two big dogs on Thursday night at the Gabba. National televised game. Brisbane, JB, BT. Brisbane and Collingwood. Yep. And clearly there was an edict to say, you remind everyone, if we're not getting covered... That we are, quote unquote, now here at the Gabba. What you've brought to the table, I haven't heard. You were big on this during the broadcast itself. You you said, have you noticed the we are at stadium references? Now I, I was watching the game, <laughs> maybe with its volume down a little bit, didn't pick up on all of this. But you package this up. a small sample of the reaffirmation night here at the Gabba. Thank you, guys. Might just go and have a chat with Steel Sidebottom if we can just interrupt for a minute, Sidey. Um, wow, what, this is fantastic. The conditions here tonight. Listen, these are two top teams of last year. Both sides love playing up here on Easter Thursday. It's got a great five days. It's going to be a fantastic oh, contest. I... The ground is in absolutely fantastic nick, I've got to say. The Brisbane Lions, 38-4 and four here at the Gabba. Good record. And the siren sounds. 
Happy fans here together. <laughs> that was the best bit. Happy fans here together. He gave it the, gave it the pause to let the net sound in. And then dropped, net the, hair sound. The, dropped the hair at the gather. As you have to say, we probably would have texted the boss saying, like that one? <laughs> so then I took that as a as a... Grenade across the fence, Damo. Well, they are. Weirdly enough, Channel 7 is quite supportive of a view that we may have on this show, I've got on this show, which is unusual in itself, Hutchie. But um, they are clearly trying to to distance themselves from the, the problem here. And, and rightly so, because they are making the effort to get to venues. I don't think it's a problem. It's just a different it's way a of problem, doing things. It's a pretty big problem. And, and you, you conceded last week. You came around. In fact, you admitted on this show last week that you're with me, which, which is unusual in itself as well. I think if the economics are similar, then you'd, you'd be going. Yeah. So we, we've been plus actually going does present a well. It depends on your business, right? So I, I fully respect and understand Foxtel's need sometimes to be back of house and synergies and all those things for our business it's it's becoming more appealing way more appealing to go than non-go because as the social media world opens up as the tiktok era is upon us your ability to do stuff at the venue like it, we've been sending commentators to india pakistan england a the economics are like for like and b the opportunity in venue to do stuff and shoot content is enormous. So, isn't it funny? 2023, and it's a good idea to send your main commentators. You spend millions of dollars on collectively to the game. Oh, it's, it's 2023, Hutchie. It's, it's it's not as if it's 1914 and we're struggling to get around the country. You, you like Tony Abbott when he found the stop the boats argument, don't you? If you, you found something that sort of connects with the public, no, no, and you're going to keep ramming home every week. I would prefer. Pref- it's not a mob running sheet, Hutchie. You need some. You need some like uh, three second cat, um, Hutchie, catch cries that can cut through. On the every news. time we talk about it, you raise it. Yes, you wind <laughs> me up on it. I'll give you that, but. Well, speaking of topics here, here that I want to talk about today, here at the Gabba, yep. um, well, here in the South Bank studios today, I want to talk about something that normally has you very edgy, very uneasy, very um, awkward. Uh, Dylan Howard, Hutchie, someone who you used to employ, and look at you now. Look at the body language now. We've got cameras, I think, in this studio. I think they're operational right now. You, you have tensed up already. You hate me mentioning those two words, don't you? Dylan Howard. What do you want? I don't know where you want to go with this. He's, he's appeared at a grand jury in the United States of America. I don't think he has yet, has he? Yeah, that was part of an article. And okay. I think his lawyer actually admitted that he had. Well, even if that's oh, not part of it, I, yeah. I want to talk about him because he's certainly, right. he's certainly implicated in this indictment of Donald Trump. And when I say implicated, I'm not casting just to maybe cover off the legal issues you've clearly got with him. Um, I don't personally. I like Dylan. You don't. Um He's involved in the biggest story internationally right now with, with with Donald Trump's indictment in the United States. And you can't talk about him for some reason. No, I just think when in life, Damon, it's always best to look ahead rather than back. When you're looking ahead, if you're looking into the rear vision mirror in the car, you're more likely to crash into something in front of you. The wind, front windscreen's far bigger. So I'm not going back through, through the... I want to go back. Where, I want to go back to the period of time in question where not, he controversially was, again, implicated in a pretty big story at the time, that being the um, gathering by Channel 7, and Dylan was part of the storytelling of this, of documents, medical documents, medical records pertaining to footballers in the competition um, and, and broadcast the, the contents of those records. And that changed his career forever because Channel 7 backed him until it decided to not back him anymore. He then was in media limbo and was always a shooting star in media. You employed him at, at Croc Media there for a period of time, head of, I think, the American arm of Croc Media. He worked in our news bureau, yeah. Yeah. 
and then he didn't work too long. And then, as we know, your relationship with him has got quite testy. And every time I raise his name, you just freeze up. It hasn't got it's nothing testy about anything. I just move on, Damon. I'm no, not no. prepared to go back over this. I, one. I want you to tell our listeners and give an insight into this man now, who is central to whether Donald Trump is is found guilty or not of the indictment charges that the American Parliament parliamentary system has levelled against him. And he he's crucial because. The catch and kill component to this relationship with Stormy Daniels, the catch and kill, the Ronan Farrow book titled, uh, basically identifying and then purchasing the the story, that being Stormy Daniels' story, and then suppressing that story, catch and kill. That's what catch and kill means. And, yep. and, and Dylan was the vehicle at National Enquirer, according to these court documents, that allowed this process to happen. Whether there's a legal issue with it, we'll soon find out. But and it's a bit, he's central been, to it because he's Donald been... Trump's men. And as I read, has he been called by the prosecution, hasn't he? Has he been called by Alvin Bagg or has he been... Well, after uh, we spoke last week, and I was unprepared last week because the story dropped basically as we were talking last week. As soon as we finished, though, Archie, we got sent and I got sent a a, a lot of documentation attached to it, all publicly accessible, by the way. But with references to the editor-in-chief or the boss of, or or words to that effect, of the National Enquirer magazine. That's the right magazine, I believe. You can confirm that to me, can't you? Yeah, American Media, I think it was. Yeah. Actually, I have written it down. National Enquirer. The senior, the senior roles he's had with National Enquirer and the relationship clearly, clearly, almost a personal relationship with, with Donald Trump. What do you want me to say? I don't know what the question is. That's a very, that's a long, broad brush sentence. It's a fascinating story for any anyone in the world who follows these issues, particularly when there's an Australian with a controversial past and there's no denying that past and, and someone who you once employed have, and, and wanted to head up your... I have no inner knowledge. I've been reading along like everyone else. I've been avoiding the... Media calls for a week. Well, you got a reference. You got a reference in the Herald Sun on in, in paragraph. I think it was three of uh, of a weekend do up on Dylan Howard. Not you don't when you read the Trump Stormy Daniels story in the paper as I did on the in the Daily Telegraph in Sydney Saturday morning. You don't expect to see yourself in the third third paragraph. <laughs> so leaving the light the light hard and so I don't have any insight. What, I don't what happened there? I don't know if he has given evidence or not. If he's with the he's threatened you pro- legally. You, you can't talk about him, though, can you? That, no, I just don't see any upside. I think in, his lawyers sent you a letter. Once. I don't see any upside in getting into old ground. I'm, I'm, I'm just never, going to move on. You you, you are unmuzzleable, Hutchie. But this this name you can, gets you. You can interpret that as you will. You can. Uh, I'm sorry for everyone for dragging down the tone of the content. I'm just not prepared to get into it. I'm not prepared to get into it. I've moved on. Is it because there's a legal threat overhead? Don't I just don't see any upside in getting into it. I've moved on. I, I have no dog in the fight. I wish everyone well. My mail was too. And again, this came across my desk after we spoke about this last week. And I, I didn't pick up on the fact Dylan Howard was involved. That you were spotted in the same um, pub as Dylan Howard at some stage of the past 10 weeks? I think he's, I'm assuming he's been home a little bit over the holidays. So, so I didn't even know that. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't see, I didn't see My him. spy was, had you and him in the same that, pub. That is, Were you breaking bread? Were you having no, a patch up coffee? No, I haven't. A make up coffee? I haven't had the opportunity. I haven't run into Dylan since, um, since probably for the best part of a decade. Did so. you see Dylan on the set of co- I set think of he case? may have been in the same venue, yeah, but I didn't catch if him. I, if I put to you the venue was the Botanical Hotel in the main road there, South Yarra or Turek, whatever the it's, suburb that is, uh, yeah, would, would that have been the night in question? Someone suggested afterwards he may have been there, but I didn't, <laughs> I didn't, see, it. I didn't see him. I've moved on. Oh, actually, Damn, I don't wish any any ill will of anybody. No, I know that. I know that you don't. But I just I just find it fascinating that of, of there's, there's a million topics we've covered through eight series on this sounding board. Um, 
podcast and the one topic you just refuse to engage in is Dylan Howard. I don't know anything about it. I don't know what the story. I don't know the role. I don't... don't. Now now you're actually lying. Um, Take me through the Dallas Mavericks, Hutchie, uh, NBA team owned by Mark Cuban. Flying about three months ago, uh, guaranteed on, you know, on those percentage formulas that the media outlets do, they were in the 90s to make playoffs. And as we speak, they've basically tanked their way out of any form of playoff action. And, and I'll raise it because I've had a similar commentary around the Hawthorne Free Club, and I keep saying and backing over, form of tanking. This is, from what I can gather, Dallas Mavericks, it's not even a form. It's just complete, isn't it? They, their last game of the season, they, they win to stay in the play in contention. So their season is actually alive in this game. Hmm. And if they won that game, they, they they at least keep their season alive. They have a chance of playing in the play-in tournament, which is the um, extended finals, like the play, like the uh, like a wild card weekend in the, in the NFL. Which you're big on, the, the, giant, the concept of. I'm not, giant, but you are. Yep. The play-in tournaments have worked super well in the NBA, and they worked unbelievably well in the NBL last summer. Anyway, they rested all their stars. The coach afterwards inferred or basically said that he was told by ownership that that was the strategy. And they're trying to protect, what are they, top 10 lottery pick, is it? Something like that, yeah. yeah. And they're guaranteed to get it. But but they haven't played one of their good players. Is it, I should know the name. Luke is it Don, Donkic? He yeah, played yeah. 12 minutes. He played 12 minutes and then took him out. And, and they declared that before the game. But his parents flew over from Christ. His parents and his brother were there. They flew in from overseas for the first time in forever. But the, all the other big dogs didn't play, including Kyrie Irving. It was blatant tanking. Blatant. It would be interesting to see what the NBA does on this because they've been a bit half-hearted on hmm. tanking, haven't they? Well, it's the American word, isn't it? I mean, we we, we use the word now because yeah. of what happened in the in the states' sports system. Carries a very big stigma in footy, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. So I, I don't know what what they'll do, but they should do something. But how do you stop it? Well, we, when you encourage when when your system encourages it, yeah, which systems do by way of giving draft. Now it's different over there because there's a lottery in the draft system, isn't you think, it? So you you. Suggested this year that you think Hawthorne hell bent on getting the one seed. To get oh no 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 no! Just that, I'm happy to have the conversation, but I said a form of tanking. And the form of tanking is is the preparation for the season. Now I'm not questioning the 23 players that run out each week, and I'm not questioning Sam Mitchell on game day. Yep. But I do question, and I've got reason to question Hutchie, what they did last year in the trade period when when they chose to trade out and still pay Tom Mitchell to play for another footy club to Jager Amir the same thing. Yep. At Fremantle, trade him out. And then they, they're now trying to have the narrative that well, we wanted to keep Gunston. Well, why would Gunston want to stay when there's no one around him of any note that he knows is going to help them win games of footy? So that, that's my definition. And, and tanking, let's face it, the AFL doesn't have a dish definition well, of tanking. Play, players don't tank ever. And coaches always coach to win on the day. That's the day, yeah. However, yeah, but- if you haven't got the... If you've already made decisions long in advance that prohibit that possibility, hmm. as you kind of suspect Hawthorne are in that spot for most games. They, well, not most games, but a lot of games they play this year. They're going to be, not going to be not going to be no scenario they could win. Well, they've had a couple of eighty-two point losses. They've had a fifty-nine point loss, and the one game they've, they've won and was against the the wooden spooner of the past two seasons. I was there yesterday. Kids, their kids in the first half were terrific, and there's some real talent at that level. But they are going to not be able to play at that level for long periods of time. They're going to run out of steam. So yeah, it's going to be interesting. Hey, I want to ask you a question. Go for it. Friday before last, my phone starts buzzing. Should have mentioned this last week. You were spotted by my... I have spies on you all over town. People now keep an eye out for you. And by the way, keep them coming. If you're a demo spotter out there, oh, I get a lot of them to reach please, out to me directly. I'm a, I'm a basic recluse I, because of this rubbish like you carry. I like to know where he goes, who he sees. 
and what he's up to. <laughs> so Trust me, it's as boring as it gets for all those who want to have an interest in it. Back in the day when I was a journalist, I had you know I had a gardener, I had a front desk guy. I had yeah, the a, coffee, the coffee I van the operator. Coffee now I've got demo spotters everywhere. <laughs> and my demo spotter reached out. In fact, two, you, you two, are an two of them reached out. Oh, they reached out, did they? And said that you were <laughs> spotted in the tent right over for last, having a coffee with the new North CEO, Jennifer Watt. I want to deny this, but you know that you've already sent this to me, and you're, whatever day in question was, you got me. Yeah, okay, you got me. And, and I'd like to deny it, Hutchie, but unlike you, I'm not going to lie. So... Yes, I had coffee with a CEO of a footy club. I've probably had it. With, I've probably done it with North fifteen Melbourne. times. So, yeah. so Sonny normally has the coffee with you once once a fortnight, and Sonny's understandably been it's focusing not on once her health. A so now Jennifer's <laughs> taken over the demo coffee run. <laughs> <laughs> I've known Jen about as long as I've known Sonia Hutchie. Hey Damo, uh, it's Sonia's EA. Here. She can't make coffee Friday, but Jen more than happy to sit in on her behalf. So you're now having, you're now doing coffee with the Kangas. It's coffee with the Kangas every it's, Friday. It's coffee with someone I've known for the best part of 20 years when Jen used to work at the Melbourne Footy Club, what, Archie. This is, what this is. And, and again, seeing you superb. did spot me, can I, I don't think it's wrong for me to say I, I didn't organise it, okay? <laughs> so so I, I don't. This is and, been... and I've got, you know what? When you told me you spotted me and you didn't, the first, first text was you didn't tell me it was. On the same day, I had something that would be far more intriguing for you. And, and it's a far bigger <laughs> sounding point story than, than what this one is, okay? Oh. so But thankfully, when you did come clean and you told me specifics, you had the North Melbourne one. Oh, not Bevo. I'm not saying Hatchie. And I'm not, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not alluding to that. You I'm just saying, you no, no. Bevo, you would have you 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 loved the other one a whole lot more than this one. you break bread with Bevo? I'm not saying I Oh, <laughs> please, dear. please. Oh, dear. So the kangaroos, this is a masterclass in media management. They've had a... A uh, fan, Damo, who's, who gets angry and criticises them. A fan, and actually, him, a fan who actually went to Arden Street matches back in the 70s, actually. I've, I've got some, him back into the some runs on the board when it comes over. to my... Want him oh. over. Now you see, you know, if Damo spotted it at the Kangaroos, then... It must mean some more positive kangaroo stories are coming your way. I will still call it as I see it, actually. Oh, but it's fair to say there's a, there's a bit more vibrancy at that footy club I'll right be, now than there has been for some I'll summers. be holding you to account. Speaking of footy clubs, did you catch and, – and I did send it to the um, the WhatsApp arrangement we've, we've got for this program, Hutchie um, – the Sydney Swans video during the week about uh, no to gambling sponsors. Yep, I did. Yeah. We might just play a snippet um, now. 90% of Swans fans think there's too much gambling advertising in sport. We need to change the game. The Sydney Swans are proud to take a stand. And say no to sports betting sponsors. So that, that's a snippet. And look, it was really well done. I mean, it was uh, it was Wednesday of, of last week. And, and I, look, I first saw it just as we we're about to jump on the, the Wednesday Footy Classified program. But Look, full credit to them, and, and I think it was really well packaged up. It, it's, I think it's impactful um, for those who want to go back on the Swans' uh, social media accounts. You can see it. Um, I just want to raise it, though, in, in the context of which causes do sporting organisations and, and people with profile um, pick up and, and run with and, and which ones we choose to, to walk past. And, and, I, and I say that in the context of the Sydney Swans. Now, I'm all for any organisation that wants to really stand for something. And, and the Swans clearly have, 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 I think, in a way that's unique to 
correct me if I'm wrong, but unique to the AFL system, have, have now anti-betting sponsors. And, and, I, and I get that. I respect that view entirely. In fact, um, I think they're in a in a majority when it comes to this. And they're the first club that I know of, of anyway to be really firm on it publicly. There's no wiggle room in that messaging. Um, I did note at the back end of that presentation, there's a reference to a New South Wales government agency. Um, called, oh, there, called, there you go. Called Gamble Aware. You got there in the end. Called Gamble Aware. Yep. No, well, there's, there's, I would imagine there's a financial um, reasoning or, or, or financial part of this conversation. So, so Gamble Aware is the official um, anti-gambling sponsorship of the Sydney Swans on this video presentation. Yep. Before I get your views on it, and again, I respect their views, but they also have a – and I did check this, Hachi. One of their premier partners is Qatar Airways, yep. which – I'm not going to sit here and, and, and espouse the, the, the virtues or otherwise of maybe a sponsorship with that particular organisation, but that has been in the, the news for for uh, social, moral, you think, you think ethical, r- life reasons that may not be something you want to party with. You think it's wrong for them to have Qatar Airlines as a sponsor? I think you don't, seriously, it do. poses the question, which causes are we going to be really, really passionate about and which ones are we, you know, we're just going to just yep. n- not acknowledge so the Gamble Aware in New South Wales is a paid government sponsorship of the Swans. Most Melbourne clubs, I think nearly all, maybe, maybe there might be one missing, I'm not sure, have the similar situation with the Victorian government. Problem Gambling sponsor or Problem Gambling have a charter, which I think every club or nearly all clubs... Is that what it's called in Victoria? Problem Gambling? Yep. Yeah. Uh, and the disclaimers on the back of the betting ads now are, are stronger, and I, and I think they're more impactful. So Victorian Responsible Gambling Foundation, who, to be fair, do a fantastic job. They're, they're sensational what they do. Yep. But they have partnerships with the clubs, and the clubs. Um, well, so I would think I would think of it this way: the clubs would prefer to be paid to um, promote no gambling than yep. to promote gambling, and yep. that's just. Absolutely. Hey, hey, this conversation's not about you. I'm not. Th- this is about the Sydney no, Swans, right? And, and footy clubs I'm in general. To, and, and let's remove the Sydney Swans from it because I'm, I'm, I don't want to make this about a gambling. I'm trying to explain it to you. So yeah, I understand it. If the money's like for like or in the same neighbourhood, the clubs are going to take the the social lens, aren't they? Yeah. But they're not donating their time to do that. Let's be clear. That's that's no different to Qatar Airlines. That's a paid sponsorship of the club. Hmm. And the players are doing what the clubs ask them to do. Is we're a great partner here, and we can do some good. Like if. If you can, like, if you can be paid by a partner and do some social good at the same time, it's a pretty good mix, right? Yeah, but no, what, what, no. Com- what comes first? This is my question. What comes first? The, the the need and the desire to promote something socially acceptable, or take the money and then do it? Well, I don't think they're commercial businesses, right? So they're yeah. entitled to do. Well, you know, my I use that American follow the money all the time. They're entitled to, to do partnerships as they see fit. Of course they are. No, no, I'm not questioning them. Those campaigns are in most sports now and they're pretty yeah. they're pretty good. And I think even the, the wagering industry would support them, right? Like it's, there's no, it's it's fine. And there's not really big money on offer from wagerers to clubs. In fact, I don't know much at all. Individual really. clubs? Yeah. The risk of the game, the risk of the game. I mean, Gil McLaughlin um, expressed that view at a, at, yeah. a, at a federal, was it a federal government? It was a federal government yep. inquiry. The lines have got a uh, major as a as a wager, but most others have got a different uh, approach towards it. But it's what's interesting is the product fees now in footy from wagering mm. are so big that they have really gone past, or hist- in the last few years at least, as the revenue's grown, their product fees have gone past actual sponsorship fees. Product fees being what? What are you referring to there? So product fees is similar to how racing makes its money. You get paid a, 
uh, percentage of turnover on your sport. So right. I don't know the exact percent the AFL get paid. It's you know it's a couple of percent, call it. Okay. Uh, of every of every dollar yeah. on all the if markets. You, if you spend a hundred dollars this weekend on the footy, yeah. whether you won or lost, you know, one or two or two point seven or whatever whatever I know in racing it's two point seven, it might be a bit less with footy. Yeah. That goes back to the AFL on turnover. Yeah. The turnover tax. Yeah. Those turnover taxes so now are, the, are so big that they are greater than the sponsorship dollars. Yeah. Everything's flushed, isn't it? Everything's flushed through the, the government. Well it's what for the AFL it's passive revenue. Like it's a big revenue stream. Mm. I would think it's the best, but it's tens of millions of dollars. Not, yeah. not, it's more than ten million. And, and it's and on top of that, they would have individual um, rights by way of payment just for access to the AFL markets, wouldn't they? I mean, there'd be a, no, a, a that, user's that, fee that as is, well, wouldn't that, it? No, that is the same one and the same. So the product okay. fee covers, you know, um, access, uh, IP, you know, all those things that you um, base information, I guess. Yeah. And there's also a free trade agreement on. Any um, irregular activities yeah. part of those deals. So that's how the umpire piece from an integrity out. perspective. So, so again, but th- that that revenue suits the AFL really well because they don't have to do anything for it. Yeah, they're just the subject of it. So, so again, just on this, and I'm using this Sydney Swans example as something that's in front of us right now. So, governments around obviously there's a federal government in yep. this country, and then there's state governments. So, so the state governments too, Hutchie. So, they take money and get taxes from the gambling companies, yes? Massive taxes. Yeah, yeah. massive taxes. Okay, let's go massive taxes. They then set up their own bodies to send the, the nice moral, ethical message, hey, don't, but don't gamble. And, 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 and they fund that body. Well, I don't think they say- and then, that, and then that body, so they're getting taxes off the gambling industry, massive taxes, which, which funds a lot of operations. They then set up and establish anti-gambling bodies and, and pay people a no, lot they, of money. They don't, they don't do that. It's not anti, it's responsible. Oh. So like those, those ads are the swans. They're not saying- Okay, so- They're not saying don't bet. They're saying, no, they're saying- They say no to sports betting and sponsors. Say no. no, no it says, says say no to sports betting, say no to sports betting no, sponsors. They're saying no to- that what that message is is saying no to promoting it, not to doing it. Oh, listen it's a listen to this. It's a different thing. Yeah, no, but just try, stay with me here. So taxes from the gambling agencies yep. and then use some of that money maybe to then establish responsible gambling yep. bodies, anti-gambling bodies, and pay executives a lot of money to head them up and then you use the money within those organisations to then give back to football clubs who take money as well from the gambling agencies to then say don't do it. They're Can not, you see the hypocrisy in this? They're not saying don't do it. That's you're you're not seeing what's going on here. It is about like, you don't, 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 you're talking to me, mate. I'm I'm not gullible and naive like a lot of people on this. They are saying don't bet at the same time taking the money. I think we're in two different conversations. The the messaging is around two things. One, being responsible mm. and in moderation. Yep. Which is great. Absolutely must do. And two is about the uh, odds or marketing of them in the way of kids. So it is about messaging. The, the the frontier here is about moderation and messaging. It's not about prohibition. Prohibition would force the industry underground like you've you, never seen before. You're choosing to take it into this prohibition area. I'm None talking about these... the saturation. Hutchie, I'm a, I'm, I'll say it again. I am a... You're, you're a... one of the sports be- spokesmen. I know who you are. <laughs> I have a wager every that. single week on the races, okay? I try and get the quality. I never get every it. Every week. Every Saturday, yeah. I mean, two different punting clubs, and I am the worst punter in the world. But I do it for entertainment, or I convince myself I do, and I can manage it. It doesn't affect – well, I shouldn't do it. I I know that. 
It's a problem for a lot of people, Hutchie. And I'm just, what I'm just highlighting here is the hypocrisy of, I think, a footy club. And they're not on their own. Every single footy club in the AFL systems, I think, presents as hypocrites on a certain issue at a certain point in time. I think the debate around The it, government's hypocritical. I think the debate around it is great. I think it's important and it's healthy. I have no problem at all with the clubs uh, taking um, government money to um, be in the narrative around the where of the marketing of the messaging. I've no problem with that. I do think prohibition is just stupid. I, just I, didn't, I have not used the word prohibition. And no one has actually ever... I haven't used it. You're the one who wants to throw it in to smokescreen the conversation. Well, you're, you're saying they're marketing don't bet. They're not marketing don't bet at all. They're marketing responsible wagering. Which, like, which, no, no, no. We say no. We say no. No, no, no. The, the messaging is... Swans say no. They're not saying no to betting. They're saying no, saying no to sponsorship. Oh, please, are you? <laughs> and, and government money used on the responsible wagering is a very good thing. The, the industry themselves spend an enormous amount of money and inventory we're, on we're, Helen, do you give it? Helen, I mean, this is tobacco all over again, and we know that. We, we, we know what's going to happen here. Is, is it 20 years? Is it 40 years? Is it somewhere in between? Is it less than that? No, I don't think it'll ever get to, to that point. But it is... There is a healthy discussion going on around the where and how often, and that's fair. Yeah, and I, and I think yeah, the, the the where and how often is is the key to it, and I and I get all of that. Um, Channel Seven, actually, we talked about them before for another reason. Um, the positioning of the cameras here at the Gabba, yeah, here at the Gabba, the positioning of the cameras here at the SCG when it comes to SCG matches. Round two last year, Buddy Franklin kicks the thousandth goal, and ah. then the person stands up in front of I the camera. I did this on Footy Classified last night. You won't have seen it. So it's, no, no, no. Well, I, I did it on the Sunday Footy Show the morning after it. You didn't see that either because I wouldn't have done it last night if I was you, given it had been talked about. I'm, I'm, I'm talking about it from a perspective of yeah, you're a bit slow to the party on that one. If you want to try and raise that as a, as I was, Sunday morning tell is a bit off Broadway. No, no, would have rate more than than your show again last night. But um, we'll move on. Um. What when the host broadcasters got access to these vantage points? Surely they could. They could. And again, this is not a seven issue. Because yep. at the SCG, it's a unique situation. The, the the cameras there are beholden to the people in front of them. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. It was a it was a poor choice of shot, in my opinion, on that particular <laughs> occasion, because they had the precedent of the buddy incident to draw upon, and it happened again. In a in AFL footy, we are blessed. In the, the traditional camera that's been around since the Peter Landy and Lou Richards days, and Jack Edwards and it's still Bobby the best Scott. one. It is still the best one. Centre wing, yes, one spot. I, I could do with that the whole game. We don't need <laughs> the creativity that has crept in. There's been some wonderful directors do some very creative things. Just leave it out of AFL. Hachi, we've found some common ground. It's taken us how long today? Yeah, my pet. Thirty. <laughs> we're together. We're on the same page. This is my pet hate. When the ball was marked in the forward pocket, left. Right, so I caught the left foot pocket, right? Yep. I'm really happy sitting on the wing still watching that ball kick the goal. Yep. I don't need to be squashed into the foot pocket no. behind the kicker where I see a sliver of gap between the goals and I have no comprehension whether it goes in or not. Hachi, we've found this common ground here. Leave the shot on the wing. <laughs> I'm with you. Leave it on the wing. Oh, even worse than that, and Channel 10 were obsessed with this back in the day. The behind the goal shot by kicking a goal. Give me a spell. I don't want to be behind the goals. Yep. There's a reason why people... The reason why the behind the goal seats are cheaper than the ones on the wing is because they're not as good as seats. <laughs> Don't take me out of the good seats. Put me in the in the cheap seats. No disrespect to anyone who loves the behind the goal. I know there are people out there that do, including coaches. The bulk of people don't want to be behind the goals trying to guess whether the ball went over the post, behind the post, or through the goals. Yep. They're very happy sitting on the wing. 
don't you think? Hachi, I'm with you, and I'm, I'm glad I raised it because you actually uh, went down a path I wasn't intending to take this, but even, yes. It, when the behind-the-goal shot is directly in front, I kind of get the argument just a little. I don't like it, but I'd get it. Yep. When the ball's on the half-forward flank, they take it behind the goals, yep. you've got no comprehension whether the ball goes through or not. Well, as we also learnt with the most recent example, the one in question with Ollie Florence kick-out goal, the, the side-on shot lets you, yep. as a viewer, make their mind up, is that ball going to fall short? We yep. didn't know for six minutes what happened to it on that coverage. Can we just spit through a few little quick topics here? We can. I'll go first. The um, US Masters just completed. I was about to say. The, the live component to that. Well, first first shout out to the Masters is to the app. The Masters app, and I take a bit of an interest in this because we have our own yeah. digital app you got, you got development app. business. You've got a good app. Yep. Project Diamond is our team, led by Ricky, who make oh, our No, I don't need all the apps. background, Hutchie. I've said to you before, you've got a good app. Just leave it at that. Should <laughs> 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 you get testy? No, I just... <laughs> <laughs> the Masters app, I was about to say, take a particular interest because we make our own. The Masters app is it's very good, isn't it? World it has class. been for a couple of years already. Yeah. You can go and pick a shot anywhere. Yeah. You can see, oh, you made three on the and it's instant too, isn't it? Sixteenth, yeah. and then you get the actual clip of the. I think it'll change the way sport is distributed. Like, Provided you've got the rights to the sport, well, they own the, they own them end to end. The Masters, which is why that makes yeah. it there. But the um, the ability to tip snack on the content curated in a different way than that, I think is going to be a real trend that emerges in into like we're going to see shorter and shorter forms of content distribution in sport. And that's probably the best early example I've seen. Right. So, well, just on that, because I did want to get to this topic, and now you've raised that component to this conversation about the um, consumption of, of stories, did, the, did the Robert the, Thompson. Oh, 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 with AI? Yeah. Or We should you, touch on AI, the uh, Masters first. Yeah. You can watch the, the, the on the Masters app, you can watch normal commentary, or you can watch the AI commentary. With no, like with no humans involved. Gotcha. And now, here's how they differed, by the way. Here's the actual commentary of the 30. Shouldn't be much in it. If he makes this, he extends his lead. Three up with five to play. Kapka pulls even with Phil. That's John Rambo. eight under par. Moody on 13, and the great big voice comes over the top. Fantastic commentary. Great commentary, yep. Here's the no-cost AI version <laughs> that was also available. John is playing round four on hole 13 and is on his fourth stroke. On hole 13, Azalea, he completed his fourth stroke. Now, just to be clear, that's not the ABC in Australia. That was AI, AI commentating. I thought the... I did like. They had sound up on the, whole, on the ball going in. Yeah. <laughs> SOT. So there's a fear now. There's a fear crept into media big time that yeah. AI is going to take over all the roles. And... Are you saying that's proof that it's never going to take over? Well, it's going to play a role, that's for sure. But the the well, I like the I like the um, rush to the other side of the argument. This was smart from news because there would be like it'd be a department of news going, "How do we get AI working our way, and how do we cut down on overheads?" And then <laughs> what are we going to say publicly? And publicly, you go the other way. Publicly, News Corp chief executive, and this was in a News Corp publication written by Sophie Ellsworth. Uh, has warned of potentially, quote, perilous consequences for professional journalism. People if safe content. So, <laughs> no, but we'll go the, um, we'll go the, the consequences for the, the profession rather than the where's the money trail, Yep. Won't we? So the, being taking the you know, tongue out of cheek for a moment. No, 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 no I'm going to leave it in. I, I thought it was 
a smart move from Robert Thompson because <laughs> they have – whatever you say about news, Damien, I'll take you on on this. What they did to push Google and Facebook to create a revenue stream for journalism in Australia, they led the whole industry. They got an outcome. They got it through government. They used their muscle. And now journalism is better for oh, it. Oh, it's a whole lot better, is it? The only thing is that there's an exchange of money between organisations. Yeah. So it's, so, not, it's not a better product. Don't, don't try and make it. There's money exchanged. It's... You'd live your life in a barter system, wouldn't you, if you could? You'd just be trading things at the market every morning. You're oh. saying that about me? Yeah. I reckon that's you more than me. You've become like the, this sort of cynic on money and where's well, here, the money Well, here we go. Here we go. This is, the, this is the first quote. It will clearly be surfacing individual stories or features yep. that we've done and, quote, and we need compensation for that. Yeah. Follow the money every time. So they want to be paid for their content. Correct. And so they should. And my point is that they did a good job of that on the news bargaining agreement, didn't they? They got... It helped foster and save jobs and create jobs in journalism. I would argue some news limited publications repurpose a lot of content more than some, Hutchie. Anyway, do they do they provide compensation like, for those? I just habits? get through 167 hours of living a positive life, and I get an hour of mass cynicism every Tuesday morning. <laughs> I have to leave here and almost like going to have a shower. <laughs> Just to, just to wash off the cynicism that I get hit with every Tuesday morning. <laughs> I just, I just try, try and stay positive. I man. try and call it as it is, not not. <laughs> and I get it wrong, actually. I know that. Probably time to get some other voices in our in our conversation today. Actually, uh, let, let's let's go to question of the week. On the sounding board, it's our question of the week for Drinkwise. If you're choosing to drink, choose to Drinkwise. This is a good question, Archie. It's not cynical. It's not sceptical. It's from Tim on email. Over the Easter break, there have been quite a few regular radio hosts taking a break. In one particular case, I actually prefer the fill-in host and the regular presenter. And this is an email, brackets, Radio National Breakfast. What is the protocol when it comes to selection of fill-in hosts? Does the regular presenter have a say? Great question. It's a fantastic question. It is. Because a lot of regular hosts are very worried about the people who are, are backed up, waiting for them to retire, be poached, yep. be yeah. sacked. I think the uh, regular host, by and large, needs to be comfortable with the choice of fill-in and have a level of comfort that they're not there to try and take their job or replace them. Or well, Let's face it, most people are and, there to try and take and, and And to be fair, that's entirely reasonable because they are in essence babysitting their audience. So if you went away for two weeks and left someone with your kids, you don't want some lunatic to come in and change everything and you come home and the back, back fence has been knocked over and the front room's been rearranged. You want someone just to get through the two weeks, make sure they get to bed on time. Don't lose too many listeners or viewers, but just, just yeah. hold yeah, and, hold it. Hold it and, together. And hopefully it's someone who's not going to necessarily create any new audience. Audience. <laughs> yeah. But doesn't lose any either. Well, you have to. You're confronted with this regularly. It's you, very difficult to be a filling. Filling is the wrong word. To be a um, transitionary host in these periods of time because a there a lot of people who have got full time jobs anyway. So availability is a big issue. Uh, preparedness to do it for regular periods. Like someone might fill in for one or two years and then go. You know what? I'm ready to do this myself. And well, you won't give me a chance. I'll go somewhere else. Yep. Um, also, it also happens at the worst times. Like school holidays generally is one of those times where you want to be with your kids. So, and Christmas period. And Christmas. That's why I think Tony Jones has been remarkable for such a long period of time in this area because he's been the perfect fill-in, hasn't he? He goes into the, the off-ratings periods. 
He babysits the audience. He he's good, very good at what if he, he does. He wasn't the best at what he does on a on a news bulletin every single night for yeah. thirty five years. Hutch. He he would be very 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 good if that was his choice to be well, a he's radio one, host. One of the great fillings, and then he goes back and the he's when, more than when the pressure comes on on the ratings, he goes back to his oh, other, <laughs> and he leaves a great audience behind who've enjoyed him. So I think it's he doesn't. Have, I, I I listen I think he's a to Tony as, as, as much as I do Neil when when Neil's on. So he'd be in high demand in those periods. Yeah, the, the, the only it is fair to say the only one who wouldn't care is it the and I you know my obsession with this guy, Ross, Ross Stevenson. <laughs> now that's not to say anything about the people who feel that's you're a Ross obsessed. I am, but again. I th- he's too good a bloke to to, to to not care. But but, but he doesn't hold he, your. He doesn't have to care. Does he? You're a surfer. I am a surfer. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and I've said regularly, Touchy, that that five thirty to six o'clock yep. period for, with you Ross Stevenson pretend, used to pretend Marty Shigar was in the rotation. Now you don't even bother. No, no, he is on the rotation. Absolutely, is. <laughs> but I am a surfer. I, I told you, yeah. I am a surfer. Yeah, yeah. Well, no, oh, just, just to finish the question, yep. and, and we'll wrap this show up on the back of it. Uh, you obviously run a radio station, and, and you're faced with such dilemmas. The, the politics at play. Do you get? A little, hey, uh, actually, when um, when the afternoon guys are uh, taking their school holidays in in August, um, can you consider me? You you get that call, wouldn't you? Surely we've got it on scale because there's so many different formats. We've got about nine different formats, so it's it's always a thing. But it's it's the higher quality person you hire, the less of a thing it is because the really good people just figure it out, don't they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But to Tim's point, sometimes the um, filling hosts yep. are better. I just wanted to defend, yep, and TJ has been very, very good in that regard. I just wanted to defend quickly before we go. Um, I don't know why news are so obsessed with hacking into Brian Taylor. I know there was a bit of online commentary on the on Thursday night about the Magpies. If those haven't listened to BT's commentary before, BT always barracks for the game. He always tries to get you a little bit connected to the possibility of a comeback. No matter who it is. I'd say he's been doing that for 25 years. Because he's a showman. That's his style, and that's what he's kept us in games longer than most because he he dances with the possibility of a comeback and he extends your entertainment period, and that's why he's great at what he does. It wasn't because it was Collingwood on Thursday night. It was because it was BT. And so I just feel really defensive on that. I want to defend well, the way he called the game. I thought it was terrific. What you're referring to there is that next morning there, there was a, a clickbait News Limited issued uh, piece about Brian Taylor being, quote, a laughing stock. Now, he wasn't a laughing stock. That, that quote, I think, was on some randoms uh, social media account, but it suited the News Corp narrative the morning after to try and get a click on something that was... I'm with you. Yep. No need to even publish. So I thought I just wanted to defend yep. that while we had the chance. I think that's a fair shout out to that at the end of uh, this episode 11, series eight of the sounding board for drink wise. If you're choosing to drink, choose to drink wise.